0: Welcome to the Growth Hacking Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Palomino. This podcast is about thought-provoking ideas to scale up and growth hack performing and human-centric work cultures. My guests are experts on mindsets, skills, and science behind work cultures. I hope you enjoy this episode. I was reading not so long ago that according to McKinsey, there is approximately 70% of companies, the big ones that are implementing or are doing some kind of sustainability project during the year. And funny enough, this is a significant increase from back in 2019, where there was only 40% of companies that were planning. So it's almost kind of the double of of companies who have started considering this sustainability. The increasing focus on sustainability is a positive development for business and of course the environment but 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 is more than just the environmental impact and it is time to clarify how organizations are doing it my guest today has worked with hundreds of organizations wanting transformation and part of the list of what ceos want is quite often let's change let's be a little bit more sustainable But again, what remains a mystery is this definition, what it is sustainability. Let me introduce you to my guest today, Abir Raza. He's the chief marketing officer and founding partner of TechRevolve, a digital transformation company that is listed in the Inc 5000. And what is quite impressive is 829% growth in just four years. That is quite impressive. I also saw that they have venture also in, in the side of venture capital supporting startups, which is quite awesome. Uh, there is kind of a lot of innovation behind. And part of these innovation strategies for organization is also sustainability. Abir, I'm so happy to have you with me. Before, before anything, I just wanted to, wanted to know, how the hell did you end up founding Tech Rebel?
1: Well, you make it sound a lot more exciting it than it is, Ivan. Thank you so much. I'm going to use that intro for, for later podcasts. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, how do we start uh, Tech Revel? So I started with one uh, of my co founders uh, who we used to work together with. Um, and uh, I think it was built uh, majorly on ethos in terms of uh, how do we want to do things differently from all their service companies that were in our space. Um, and we started with the one employee who's still with us at this point, I think after seven years now. um, And uh, yeah, I think overall the idea was how do we build a net positive company? Uh, and that kind of leads into the sustainability aspect as well. How do we uh, make it so the people, the, all the touch points that the organization has whether it's clients, whether it's employees, whether it's people that are affected by the technology that we build out for clients, or whether it's anybody that has any sort of engagement with Tech Rebel. How can we take? How can they take more out of it, and um, then they're giving in? And uh, in essence, um, you know, that was that was it. Like I mean, there was nothing new that we were doing. There were, I mean, there's agencies are a dime a dozen, right? Like you pick up a rock and you see like ten agencies. Um, so it, it was a very cluttered market and it was uh, very risky to kind of build something into it and put in a lot of energy into it. Uh, but I think our ethos is basically what kept us going growing because we're not just uh, you know, a tech company that has grown exponentially, but we're also a tech company that has had more partnerships come out of it with clients, with employees, with other uh, you know, engagements that we've had where we were actually uh, sort of built out other agencies from underneath TechRevel and SaaS products by partnering with other, uh, you know, outside, uh, you know, vendors, clients, uh, or even employees of ourselves. Um, and then additionally, we've managed to scale not just from a revenue perspective, but in terms of net promoter score, in terms of uh, reviews that we have online, which are massive, as, as some of our vendors that we've worked with tell us. Um, so I think, that's just it like we wanted to build an organization where uh when, when a client is working for us uh, working with us they're not just paying us but they're actually benefiting from the relationship that they have with us um so that's how we started i guess I, sorry for the long answer wait, wait,
0: wait. what is interesting it is true that no matter what you do it can be in in technology or the product that you you, that you develop even if the product is awesome what counts is that you have what you have mentioned you have a purpose you uh you have customer centricity uh you have a little bit of sustainability you want to create grow through a network of people that you trust that is awesome in fact when when People think about launching a business. They're always thinking, I need to have like an awesome ideas. You have done an idea that maybe on the surface, it looks like, okay, there is a lot of competition the agencies in the Middle East, in Asia, there is thousands. Uh, and they're competing on technology, knowledge, or cost. But what people want, the final customer, is they want to believe what the reason why you are doing this thing and that's something that is quite quite important and, and i love how you define tech rebel as something that was driven by this uh, this idea with oranetos as you mentioned before abir now i want to come back to this this part of my uh, introduction saying that there is a lot of ceos that may not know what it means sustainability because they start with this idea, let's do something about recycling, protecting the environment, and they think that that's that's the only direction that an organization can take in terms of sustainability. Um, in your own words, what how would you define it?
1: I think, um, like, I mean, we can look at several dimensions of uh, sustainability, but the the theme three main sort of ones are obviously social sustainability, economical sustainability, as well as the one you define, which is environmental sustainability. Um, And it's okay to kind of focus on one and ignore the others. But, you know, in terms of achieving the most efficient model, I think, you know, having all three sort of combined is the right way to go. Um, And for me, sustainability isn't just, you know, sort of uh, protecting the planet, which is, which is, you know, ultimately. Uh, what we need to be doing at this point, because the conversation has shifted from it's going to happen in the next 100 years to it's going to happen now. You know, so I think there's definitely uh, and 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 it's not just from a from a standpoint of uh, you know, you're you're a do good person, right? Like there's there's grants, there's uh, you know, just the PR side of it. There's the um, you know, component of of uh, you know, having that built in within your culture. That's also very very important. And I think. Kind of teaches people how to use the resources that they have at their disposal to the the most extent um so yeah it's 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 definitely a mindset you know uh, like we were sort of discussing earlier on uh, and i'm stealing some of your comments here sorry for that but uh um, yeah, yeah I think it's here? right like you have to you have to kind of think of um you know how can we sort of integrate that within our process how can we integrate that Within every touch point that we have in the organization, so you know the 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 goal keeps uh being propagated, right? Like the idea here is instead of looking at the short term benefits of doing something, um, how can you make this uh, a longer standing uh legacy, right? Like, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a legacy uh which propagates by itself, and for that, you you have. You know, and we can probably get it in, get into more detail later on. But you have to look at all three components in order to build a long term successful venture, and sustainability all by by and large is is the cornerstone of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what you're saying, in fact, it's almost translate that you can make a shit lot of money and still have a purpose that is uh, driven by sustain- sustainability. Um, now, how? How can, what have you observed in organizations in terms of their practices to still generate and expand, sometimes even expand exponentially, uh, like your company, uh, and still be sustainable? How can, what are the practices that help organizations be efficient at generating profit and still have a sustainable purpose, something that for the long term and provides something good for the society?
1: Yeah, and, and let me rephrase uh, what you said. Uh, it, it's not just making a shit ton of money. It's also making a shit ton of money for a longer period of time. Uh, you know, uh, and, and when we look at that sort of definition, uh, I think I would look at maybe like, you know, sort of like the, when, not a vendor, but like a circle, right? So on the outskirts of that circle is survival, right? Like um, you're not going to exist if this planet does not exist for the next 100 years. You know, first part. Um, and whatever impact you're 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 having, uh, you again you can't ignore it, it's everywhere around you, right? Like there will come a time next 20, 30 years later where you know your cash flow is going to be affected if you do not have a sustainability effort that is moderating that. If your carbon footprint isn't under a certain threshold, you're gonna be taxed more. You know, there are conversations that are happening in the legislation around that um and and if you have that then you're going to be taxed less so you get to make more money um so there's the survival aspect like you know i mentioned you know do or die and then there's the aspect of you know sort of intrinsically looking at um how much of wastage do you have like it could be wastage in terms of hours. it could be wasted in terms of you know investments that you're making by paying consultants that have zero you know equity coming in Um, It's sustainability in terms of your resources. Are you training, you know, the resources, or are you, you know, for lack of a better word, recycling them again and again by getting new people in and old ones out. So how sustainable is your organization in terms of intellectual capacity? How sustainable is it in terms of your resource utilization? How sustainable is it in terms of carbon footprint or output that you're producing? So we have to look at all these different components to, you know, sort of define a strategy moving forward. And then stick with it. And and like I said, you know, it's it's a long term gain. Like business isn't just you know. And and I and I and I feel like here entrepreneurship kind of give gets a very very bad rep, where when we talk, talk about entrepreneurship, we look at you know the the Mark Zuckerberg sort of today and all, and then we think of success as this uh you know sort of like a, a sort of exponential chart that is just going up and up, right? That is not the way to to look at long term progress like, you know, uh, if you look at the apples of the world or, you know, where sustainability goes to an extent where even if the CEO dies, the organization keeps growing, you know, and more. That the kind of, you know, I, I read this book uh, a while ago, and we were having a discussion um, with my partner. It's called Good to Great. I, I don't remember the name of the author, but one of the points in it is 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 very sort of uh, interesting when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Organizations that become great from good, you know, they're, they're good organization, but when they become great is when they become leadership agnostic. You know, it doesn't matter who's wearing the crown, the whole idea of this is to be self propagating You know, when we look at the U.S. is an example of a, a thriving economy, you know, there have been going forward, no matter who sits on top, because the ideas are what keep going and they keep scaling. So I think sustainability also kind of goes into how long-term your growth is as a company. and And I think, uh with with the focus on short games, uh, uh we need to come back to the idea that hey, that's key and that can only happen if you're if, if your like I said, your ethos are are, are represented and, and they're embodied people that you care.
0: There are a couple of elements that I, that I, I I heard from your side, uh, Abir, um, and one of the elements is the element of efficiency. And I wanted to ask you: so can technology help uh, this efficiency in order that the, this this efficiency expand through the organization? That's part one of my question. So technology helping this economical. Uh, sustainability in order to be more efficient on the way we do things uh, at work and then you have touched about culture but I will keep the culture uh, question for the second part of uh, of, of for a, a, a little bit later so can technology help in order to become more efficient in all operations at work Yeah.
1: Um, and I think I uh, sort of covered this uh, in an earlier conversation that I had because, and I don't shy away from it, I think, uh, and I kind of want to go back to it because a good reminder uh, for economical sustainability, um, where we made the same mistake uh, that other companies probably do uh, when they scale fast, you know, um, 800% growth in four years is a uh, massive growth. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, there are several other companies out there that are that have had the same sort of uh, engagement. Um, the difference being with us that we are self-funded, so we don't have investors to go back to and say, "Hey, we need more money." Uh, because we're just growing fast, and and you know we don't have the final. So when when I think last year when the COVID bubble sort of busted and, and you know everything started to come down, um, we realized that we have massively grown in terms of cost. And we don't have the efficiencies that we once had to sustain the cash flow for a longer term. Um, so one route was to do massive layoffs, which is obviously the favorite for most companies out there, which is what they did most most of them to stay profitable. Uh, but like I said, it's not sustainable. It gives you a bad, bad rep. It it you know um, sort of it just doesn't feel good, right? Uh, the other option was to look at how can we become more efficient uh, by utilizing the resources that we have using tech, which is what we sell to other customers. But we, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of the statement where, you know, I think it, it has to go with the dentist having the worst teeth or something along those lines.
0: <laughs> and then,
1: like, you, know, um, you know, what you sell is something that you generally don't adopt yourself. So, um, but you know, it was, it was, it was a good wake up call for us. Um, So we were able to scale, you know, our marketing efforts by automating, using ChatGPT, um, ChatGPT's API, which is OpenAI. Um, and we were able to incorporate uh, you know, uh, the OpenAI system into our QA process, into our development process, into our design process, into our marketing process to increase the output uh, instead of trying to reduce the, you know, the input, which is the resource that we have. Um, so I think that is, that is one uh, thing that we learned the hard way um, that you need to be looking at how do it most efficiently drive uh, the outcome that you're looking at? Uh, you know, every business has this objective function, which is to define, you know, what is your X, which is your, your input in terms of uh, your staff, what is your Y, which is the input in terms of the efforts that you're putting in the manners or whatever, and what is your Z, which is the output, which is your revenue. So we figured out how to tweak those metrics by incorporating, uh, you know, automation. So for example, and I can be more explicit here. Uh, in SEO, we we had a lot of off-page activities that were going on by, you know, backlinking and sort of increasing our DR and DA and uh, the output that we we're producing in terms of content, uh, outreaching to influencers, outreaching to high DA websites. We entirely automated that uh, and, and it were able to decrease our total output uh, from a week, which which is what it normally... We took took uh, to get the links on board to about an hour, we were able to up. So that is a, a huge impact in terms of, uh, you know, sort of increasing outbound marketing. And every company, when you look at, um, you know, when you come on as a consultant and you look at their company and, and look at what kind of output can be driven from a technology perspective, there's a lot that can be done uh, in terms of making your entire organization more efficient, uh, but just using what you have and augmenting that by AI, by by tech um, that can connect different systems. And And I think one of the other things that we really loved uh, that, you know, has impacted drastically is we looked at all the SBUs that we had in different spaces. Like we have a video marketing agency, we have a content marketing agency, we have a, uh, a staffing agency uh, and we have uh, several SaaS products in, in different spaces. So we we realized that, hey, you know, a lot of the target market for all of these businesses are the same. So why aren't we supporting that into an ecosystem built in where it's end to end? A customer comes to us, they don't have to go anywhere else for any of the other services. We can give them certain creditors to induce a referral mechanism. And you know, sort of gamify the, the entire process of them, you know, using us for other services as they go along. By integrating that ecosystem, we saw I think about a 3x return on, on our revenue um uh, uh, over a span of six months. It was a little bit tricky to implement it. But I think a lot of co- companies they get so um, uh, you know, sort of held up on the shiny things idea and they try to build new things, they forget what their core business is and and how. Can that benefit from every shiny new idea? So so when you're looking at like, you know, implementing new activities, what what at the end of the day, you have to also, also realize, does this serve a strategic purpose, right? And if it doesn't, then do you have the budget original business idea? So I think that's that's one of the things that I would probably
0: suggest. What I like about the use of technology is that it's helped to It is meant to help the human being do things faster. Now, there is also a bad use of technology, which is about monitoring, tracking, and slapping the employee so that he produces more, uh, which is a bad application of of technology. So, and I guess here, what what we are putting into perspective is that if we want to look at the company in a sustainable way, people who are doing white-collar jobs which is having a little bit of creativity in front of the computer to develop amazing apps or amazing uh, amazing tools. They need to have um, to be empowered, not to be tracked, not to be uh, with a camera that is looking how much are you typing or or edit counters because that is counterproductive for white uh, white colors. Are you with me, uh, Abir? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I think there was a connection issue. I switched the internet. Um <laughs> yeah, so um so I think, you know, what what you mentioned earlier in terms of uh, you know, how technology, and and I was I was kind of uh interested in, in expanding on that idea um with regards to how, you know, companies can essentially uh, you know, utilize tech um from a standpoint of uh, you know, uh the uh, like monitoring or or things of that nature. Um we're so I mean we have a, a component of that which is which is um uh, which is called which is we, we call our SDP and sort of that's integrated with the process and, and sort of alignment. I think for me um and, and this is the carrot stick approach, right? Like so yes uh when we consider you know what people are doing wrong and what they should be doing right and, and we get micro granular on that right like you know sort of Uh, the, the, the mindset of, uh, you know, it's, it's a certain sort of managerial uh, uh, philosophy, which I, I I completely skipping out in my head, uh, the term, Uh, but essentially like, you know, at the end of the day, what, what we want to do is, is make sure that our goals are cascaded to the individual employees. So Mm. they can see the impact that they're having on the organizational success. And then, you know, they have, At every point of time, they understand the impact that they're having uh, at every day and that impact how that translates into their own progress. So, we have systems built in within the organization where uh, an individual, you know, an executive level individual or a manager, whoever they are, they can see where they exist on the growth path that they have set for themselves. So, if they want to become, let's say, a VP or whatever, right, like whatever their direction is they can log into their system and see like whatever they it, they put in today, how did that impact their growth towards mm-hmm. the, and we have like two cycles in terms of growth. So they can see whether they'll be able to grow to this level, which they've targeted themselves. So there's ways around it. Like you don't have to be micromanaging, mm-hmm. um, but you can build certain um, tools within your system to uh, give you better visibility for yourself, of course, but also for your organization as well. And then it helps with equity adjustment as well. Like if you talk about, you know, sort of social sustainability or you know even economical sustainability from that angle, that um, you know when when we when when an employee knows that they're in the same sort of uh, pay that the other employees and they're performing at the same level, then it just makes them feel better that you know they don't have to have like a degree from you know some Ivy League school to to be better. It's it's based on results and results are what matter. And and yes, there like so on the social uh you know sustainability part, there, there are other components as well that we reward, which are part of our vision statement. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that we can impact about at least 10 million lives by the end of five years. Um, uh, and we're keeping track of that. So, so these components, when they're built into your strategy and and your KPIs, your PSM, then it's easier for employees to see the impact that they're having like last year, um, you know, we we ended up sponsoring the school with TCF, uh, which is teaching 300 kids for free for the entire year. So every employee, no, no, we have like 300 employees, right? So every employee knows that they're impacting one kid at least for an entire year. And then beyond that, we have drives and training sessions where we send our employees to teach at different places um, and get nothing out of it. But then the, the, the social wellness of it, the, the fact that you know they're they're helping out, um you know, helps them sort of have that same mindset in front of clients and sort of in front of any other stakeholder they interact with because at the end of the day, they're 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 part of a better system. they're they're part of a net positive system. So so, yeah, I mean, definitely
0: uh, I love the fact that because here we have already touched the area of the social su- sustainability, but I loved what you have mentioned regarding transparency. I love this idea that people should know what is the salary of of my peer because then you understand what is the gap between you and that person. There is a lot of organizations who don't say why this person is earning more than the other. And in the existing established sorry um corporate world that exists quite a lot then the fact that they they if they can understand also their sense of contribution because we all do boring stuff at one moment of the day like if you are an entrepreneur you have to do some admin and god knows that entrepreneur hate hate uh, admin so if you know how this is contributing to the overall objective of the of the organization either you call it objectives corporate objectives, OKRs, or whatever the hell you you want to call it. But if you know that this little thing that you are doing, creating an invoice, has an impact to an overall scope of the organization, uh, that's where you feel like you you count in the organization, that that this little thing has an impact on the overall thing. And and that drives, you have also used the word, intrinsic motivation. So that means I'm I'm doing it because I, I know the meaning of what I'm what I'm doing. This is amazing. Um, and the last point that we haven't covered yet enough, in fact, uh, about social sustainability. So now it is about this virality that if every employee is, has the right motivation to keep on going, then we have the sense of the, the overall organization as a culture. Uh, which is an addition of behaviors, beliefs, attitudes that that we have because we start understanding this uh, why we're doing uh, things and we want to uh, to do it beyond just the the salary. So, how do you think uh, organizations are doing are doing today? Uh, corporations or corporates or even startups are doing today in order to have a culture of sustainability. So that means that we can keep having the same behaviors, attitudes, and uh, and beliefs all together so that we, we spot the next uh, CEO. We spot it so that the organization is not just depending on that person who had the charisma, the ideas, and all the stuff, but there is already people who are on the queue following their, uh, the leader and getting inspired to, so that this organization exists in five, 10 years, or even 20. Hopefully for TechRevol,
1: that will happen. Hundred,
0: <laughs> please. <laughs> but
1: um, how? Uh, so I, I think the question was uh, how can organization uh, sort of create that. Um, so yeah. So I think um, um, when we look at uh, you know scalability, um, I think one of the key things that uh, uh, we've had. Since day one is our focus on long term objectives, rather than short term gains. Uh, this is one of the things that differentiated us day one as a company. Uh, we have we still have a lot of things that we do like workshops, like uh, you know, podcasts like here, the one that we're having right now. Uh, you know, events and uh, partnership with our clients uh, in terms of uh, pushing out their own applications, uh, submitting them for awards uh, you know, uh, engaging with our partners to discuss, uh, and, and this is where Revel ventures was founded, uh, investing in our partner, uh, in our clients ideas, even, uh, when we see that, you know, this had, this could have a much larger impact with us being on the board. Uh, so all of these things, um, on the surface might look dumb, like, you know, they're not going to get you any returns right away. Right. Um, they're not liquid. Um, you know, every every effort that you're making towards scaling this business is a longer play. Um, for us, we've always considered uh, a unicorn as our, uh, you know, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As almost like an eventuality. Like we deserve it, you know, like we haven't, we're not putting in the efforts to become a hundred million dollar company. We're putting in the efforts to become a billion dollar company. And some of those things that we're doing right now might not have an impact in the next five years. It doesn't matter. Um, We're doing this for the long term. So, you know, the tech travel library that we have, the, the you know, uh, the initiatives that we've taken on in terms of, uh, you know, mentoring uh, the people outside of our own organization, Uh, by aligning ourselves with the, you know, organizations like Code Girls, which is built to create more leaders in in the, you know, female population in in Pakistan, which has a very less, uh, you know, sort of working uh, female population. Um, The engagements that we have with, uh, you know, like you mentioned, TCF, the Citizen Foundation, which aims to educate kids in Pakistan, which is, again, you know literacy rate is very low here so the idea again this doesn't help us in any way from from a from a business perspective right like you know it's not going to make us any money it's not going to get us uh, you know anything right away but you have to realize also that you don't live in a silo like you know if if you just you know focused on making yourself rich uh, which is something that we almost always and by the way you mentioned admin my my most hateful meeting is finance because <laughs> I am not, you know, I, I I, mean, it's almost like, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you should lead from a perspective that if you have a, a net positive perspective towards business as a whole, money will come, you know, people will understand that, you know, the way you interact with society, the way the, and, and trust me, this has happened so many times that our clients where they come in expecting one thing and then they they stay with us because they believe in our mission they believe in the vision they believe in what we're trying to achieve because we're human beings right like money is an abstract concept yes it's important it's important to you know scale it's important to have a larger impact but as human beings we have emotions we have aspirations we have that intrinsic and and that's where the decision making comes in from like you know If you were the cheapest company in the world as an agency yes you'll get a lot of business yes you'll be able to leapfrog some of your competitors but where does it stop you know Mm -hmm. what value are you giving to your clients what value are you giving to your employees so it's 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 almost like a i mean if you look at it in a span of maybe 50 years down the road 100 years down the road you're not going to exist unless and until you have had a net positive impact on society because one day or the other, it's gonna catch up that you're basically just a leech and and you know you're you're just sucking up all the blood. So you have to think of how would you impact, how would your impact be be more instrument? And and honestly for us, like you were you were giving a perfect example, like you know, the next CEO to be, and we have this, we have a leadership program which allows employees to actually take equity, different ventures of our company, mm-hmm. and essentially be their CEO. So we have already had about 10 CEOs come up within the organization. And the idea for, is for us to scale it to 100 in the next five years. And, you know, and, and and this this is the interesting part because an entrepreneur has the mindset to actually, you know, create change, to create disruption. And if I think that I know all the answers, if I think that I'm the CEO and I, I can drive this home throughout, that's the biggest fallacy that you can tell yourself. Because... At the end of the day, you know, somebody else might have a better idea, but they're just not given the ownership. They're just not given the authority. They're overshadowed. So you have to think from and I, and I have this uh, this philosophy, which I which I coined, which is called individualistic collectivism. Uh, it's an oxymoron. But um, the idea here is that in order for you to help yourself, you have to think, how can I help the other person while having this expectation of getting some help back if they grow? You know, so if you do that, then it has, like I said, a net positive effect overall. So I think for me, you know, that is where sustainability comes from, where you think how, what kind of an impact would this have? Like, if I take this decision, it might help me in the short term, but is it really helping society as a whole? And mm-hmm. if you start doing that, then you start thinking long term and you start making moves that are that are more sustainable as a whole.
0: Hmm. My my favorite part here is is when you say that more than the goal of achieving one billion dollars and to be a a, a unicorn is about doing the right things so that you get to the one billion dollars and that's what the comes. right way the yeah, right the, way yes exactly <laughs> and, and yeah. what is crazy is that it's still today. I mean, I, I've been hanging a lot with people in the startup world, especially in Dubai. We were talking about my past life in uh, in Dubai in the startup world, discussing it. When you see already a founder who is really focused on the financial uh, outcomes of of the of their idea, you know that they're going to be failing because that is something that will. Will not work. Everybody will, will is going to want to take a part of uh, a part of the cake. They're going to be pulling him down, and he will not have this ability to adapt to a world that is craving for genuine int- uh, interactions, uh, genuine positive e- positive impact. Employees who are doing the the stuff because they believe in the leader, but they don't believe in the money because they will not. This money will not be cascaded down to to them, or it will be just fraction a uh, fraction of it so i think the way to get to the billion dollar is better than just having as an objective getting the the the, the, uh, the billion dollar so i i yeah. found it quite, quite impressive
1: i think uh, and uh i'm sorry go ahead
0: <laughs> no 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 please please go ahead
1: yeah i was uh so like i mean honestly like as an entrepreneur you have to be able to enjoy the journey like if you're if you're living from a standpoint of, you know, one day it's gonna get better. Uh, You know, one day you're gonna get there and everything's gonna be good. It does not work. Like there is going to be debt spirals. You know, there is going to be depression. There is going, and I loved uh, some of the the conversations that you've been having with other entrepreneurs on your podcast, definitely should listen. Some of the people that are listening to this one, Um, there is gonna be hardships. You just have to realize why you're doing what you're doing and enjoy the process. Even if hardships are there, they're there to teach you, you know, you're not going to be the same person that you are right now when you get to whatever it is that you goal you set yourself. So every opportunity is there, not just to affect the business, it's to affect you individually, you know, and and the change that it brings about in you where you have to rethink, you know, your, your original, you know, mindset, where you have to rethink who you are as a person, and rethink, you know, what you stand for, even sometimes that is, that is what's required to, you know, it's like trial by fire. Right. So it's, it's, it's not easy. And, and unless, and until you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're going to be in a huge mess. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and I want to kind of go on it because it's a uh, very fun um, to talk about it, because we're uh, one of the SAS products that we launched recently, and we're exhibiting at Web Summit Doha next month. Um, and, um, I think initially when we started the project uh, and we built the app it's a restaurant management system pos come uh, pos and Common ai sort of uh, you know tool um was uh, competing with the likes of toast and square and all that and and we started, when we built it it took about 2 years to build it when we built it and started launching it uh, customers were like not taking it because change resistance and all that stuff and we were not the most cost effective solution either so what we did instead was we started looking at the environment as a whole and how can we uh, sort of increase our, our you know, effect within the environment. So we started a ta- a society called Table Talk Society, where we started to bring in restaurant owners, build, bring in influencers, food bloggers, critics on, on one platform, and started hosting these physical events and sessions with them to understand how the community is going. And this was being, this was money spent not towards sales. It was from a mindset that we wanted to promote tech within the space. So even if we're not there, you know, they understand how things should be done. Right. So, but organically what started happening was that people started to pitch our services back to their own audience. So we had influencers on the stage that were talking about how servizi is disrupting the environment and how it's going to be the next, you know, up and coming thing and how it's going to revolutionize things. And then on the back of that, we started thinking that, Hey, you know what? Uh, mo- most of these staff in the organization, in restaurants don't have proper certifications about, you know, analytics, about, uh, you know, customer satisfaction. That, mm-hmm. that is more modern. Everything that be is being taught is like 20 years ago. Right? So how do we fix that gap? So we started creating our own academy sort of serve easy academy, where you could actually get certifications from serve easy and put them on, on your LinkedIn profile and, and What that did for us was that it allowed the restaurant staff, which we're training on the weekends, like we have a batch of like 20, 30 people that come in on the weekends, train them, get them certified. And and this certification is also accredited by the organizations here in in Pakistan that are, you know, uh, that that kind of offer training solutions. So that has certain weightage. So when they get those certifications, they're like, hey, we want to use this platform in our restaurant. So then they start pitching our services back to their owners in the restaurant space and then we started thinking what else can we do so we created an app Marketplace a cloud-based app marketplace where people where developers could build their own product and submit it there and then they start getting you know money from every client that we have that starts using their app product so that scaled our you know uh, our, our sort of abilities as a product in terms of scaling and then On the same aspect, we started to engage with universities locally where we started having hackathons through which we can start scaling the product even faster. So there's a lot that you can do if you look at your environment and how best to serve them. And then from serving them, you get something back. And that, I think, is the perfect example of a socially engaged business.
0: Uh, I love this idea because it's not the focus on the immediate commercialization of the solution, it is in the immediate impact first, and then money will follow. Right? Because it changes the life of people, and then these people are happy and, yeah, why not talk about it? Hmm? I have seen it very often.
1: Wow. It sounds like Mary Poppins, but (laughs) But I'll take it.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, but there is still some people, some people, some companies Um. That are using sustainability as a um, as a common word we about well <laughs> they are not genuine and they can, kind of whitewashing the reputation saying we are sustainable because we gave uh, I mean like a company in tobacco giving half a million to uh, for a cause that is it really true um, is it really something that is do they do it from the heart or do they do it just because they want to buy a reputation uh, now <laughs> how do we do that so that corporations have this sustainability uh core without just because they want to have a new reputation so that they, they do it for the right reasons and not for the wrong reasons that could be just in the air uh so
1: okay so here i would sort of uh Disagree to a certain degree, uh, in the sense that, um, doesn't matter what cause is there, like, even if tobacco companies are like you know spending um, millions of dollars to whitewash themselves, so be it. Like, you know, if whatever the reason is, it's helping the environment, so it's good. Like, I think, uh, in one of the conversations that uh, Elon Musk had an in interview with, I, I love the guy, by the way. So, you know, like, uh, I, I've read everything and watched pretty much everything that he says. Um, so he talks about his impact not just being Tesla, but his impact being actually other electric companies, car companies, you know, becoming electric because of what he did. So the idea was that earlier car companies didn't think it was a sustainable business model, right? So it was an economical sustainability component, right? So social uh, from from a from a from a perspective of uh you know sort of environmental sustainability, everybody knew that you know fossil fuels were bad. But not everybody knew that you could actually make money off of it. So mm. in order for sustainability to become a larger topic, it needs to check the other two boxes that everybody keeps missing, the social sustainability aspect and the economical sustainability aspect. In order mm. for alternative energy to become an actual thing, we need to focus on the economics of this because everybody understands that environmentally it is the best thing like unless you're right wing politician which is like was yeah, into exactly. it you know so it's it's like uh, yeah so it has to happen um but it has to make financial sense um and you know just saying that hey you know what um, your next to next generation is not going to be very happy with you is not enough for most people like we've discussed like they're not looking for legacies. they're looking for just making a better lifestyle for themselves in now so I think, um I mean, I'm all for it, like, you know, whitewashing yourself or and that's, I think, what the governments are doing right now, like with grants and things like that, you, they'll give you more money if you're just more sustainable. and And we've done a lot of projects with companies. Uh, that have incorporated that, whether this is to become paperless in the organization, whether it is to use alternative uh, energy solutions, whether it is to define their carbon footprint and and sort of incorporate that into their uh, KPIs. Um, But I think this is the right approach. Like we should be pushing more harder on the other two aspects of sustainability um, to bring about the sustainable change uh, that we really need to make it work because Um, like you mentioned, um, you know, and honestly, like to, to kind of filter through. So if I, and I think this is more so a Gen Z thing where, you know, people want to sort of work in organizations that are more aligned with their values. And some of those values are environmental friendly values. Um, so I think if, if, if you're, if you're an organization that really wants to make the push and not just look like they're making a push then try to embed that within your culture. And it's an easy way to look at it. Like, you know, you look at their brand people, you go on LinkedIn, search up any company, look at what some of the people that are in their brand department, what are their KPIs? If their KPIs are the same KPIs the culture of the company uh, projects on their sort of, you know, website or wherever, they're they're pushing it out there, then you're in, in good company. If there's not, then yeah, it's, it's just to kind of show it, so.
0: I, I, I totally get it. So to summarize, what you're saying is that we as long as it doesn't matter if you're doing it just for the reputation or not, as long as you are doing something that is ends up positively. So which I, I totally agree. Of course, but the key word is he, here is that you are really doing it, and there needs to be a consistency between what you claim and what people are actually doing inside of the, uh, of, of, the, of, the of the inside of the organization it it happens like uh, just thinking out of the box that leaders CEOs they have this vision to have to create an uh, an organization that is um that is sustainable like i mean you know of the example of patagonia the 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 yeah. the, the bags and the, the sport outfits and and so on so but how do you do how do you think a ceo who has this vision can embed this way of thinking to the rest of the organizations, like that even the janitor thinks about it in the same way uh, so that they feel concerned about sustainability, and that it's not just the dream of the senior management team and the rest of the organization, they are there just to, to earn money, to make their salary. Is there a trick to, to make that the organization becomes vibrant and just starts getting involved?
1: Um Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was a trick. Um, but uh, I I don't I don't think so. It's a very uh painstaking process uh that takes uh years and years. Um, and I think there is no short answer to this. But I think uh I mean the the best way to look at this is um to have a discussion. Like if you're a leader in an organization or you have an idea, um. You are the biggest driver of, and it's even if it's not a leader or somebody who's a change agent within, within an organization, it could be a manager or an executive or whatever, whatever right? If you can, if you really, really want to make a difference and you want to bring about a change or you want to establish something where, you know, it, it flows throughout, you have to first live that by example, you know, Um. so... I, I'm, you know, if you come to our office, you'll see like you know a bunch of like plaques everywhere, you know about what we want to do and our objective and things like that, and it will be fun to just think that okay now we've done our part, you know they're up there, people can read them, but no that's it doesn't stop there. Or then like I mentioned, you know we have, uh, these drives where you know there's blood drives, there's uh literacy drives, there's like you know um, uh, uh you know environmental sustainability drives, these happen like. All way around uh, like you know at least once a month um and then we have like these uh sports days and things like that so kind of and then we have these entrepreneurship days where we have hackathons and things so we're so what i'm trying to say is that you know there's and then there's so many other things like you know on birthdays and on like every time somebody has a baby or something we send a gift and like we send our clients gifts and we, like I said, we we you know engage with them in their events. So it, it's small small things like these, um, and they don't really cost a lot of money either. That mm-hmm. you know sort of reestablishes the the uh, the the culture that you're trying to create. Um, and then I think uh, beyond that, like I mentioned before, it's it's it, the culture goes flows through you. So however you act in the organization, if you're you have the capacity of being a change agent, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be the CEO or the CMO or CTO. It could also be a manager, it could also be an executive, right? So the when when they behave a certain way, um, and and that so for example, one of the uh things that happened recently, which was super, super awesome. One of our employees actually inspired one of our um, you know. Uh, janitors in the organization to start learning about uh, game development, and I think in a span of two three months, he is now part of our gaming team as a developer. And he knew nothing about coding before this, but he got inspired by by uh, one of the admin guys here who handles admin for us, um, and he got committed to it. And now he's joining that team. And and it was something that we started pushing through to our employees, like. From day one, that it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, whatever you want to do, if you push hard enough, you will achieve it. And and I think part of it actually comes from my own background, uh, in terms of before tech revel, where um it wasn't very uh I was I didn't come up come up from a very sort of I came up with a very humble beginning, so to speak. Um, so I think, yeah. Uh, and and a lot of that, a lot of what we do in tech travel actually goes through that. Now that I can think about it, uh, in terms of the goals that I set for myself, like you know, actually having a social impact and helping people that others cannot help, that they can't help themselves, and if you can em- embody that into your and and I I do feel and I, I'm not sure, like maybe studies will eventually be done on what we're doing here, but I do feel like you know if you if you have a larger goal, if you have a larger vision. Um, it helps to establish the right norms, the right ethos, and that carries forward as legacy that you've installed. So even if God forbid, tech travel isn't around, um the employees that we have, the partners that we have, the change that we've implemented will keep going on and and that's I think the the thing that i that I really want to do.
0: I think that the the, the whole paragraph that you just mentioned can be summarized with that quote that you just did change goes through you that means that leaders have the ability to empathize shows show passion uh and it's not enough like if you want your people to change to put it on a website or to put it on in the intranet of the uh, on the onboarding manual of a new person this is my culture no you have to show it People are going to feel this passion that you have behind. If it is about sustainability or another type of change, they will see it. And the inspiration has to go from the top to the rest of the organization. Um, I mean, I have the impression that we have covered a lot of of topics and there is going to be different type of people that is going to be interested about reaching you out. So from one side, there is going to be the entrepreneurs about... How do you create a purpose-driven organization? From the other side, there's going to be some people, some geeks, tech people who will say, hey, how can I work for your organization? And then there is going to be people like asking, so how can your organization help me become a purpose-driven organization using technology, using transformation tools? Um, how can they reach you out, Abir? Well,
1: so we have workshops. Uh, um... Every part of Tech Rebel. Uh, the most recent one is going to be in Dubai. Uh, The one before was in Houston. The next one is going to be in Miami. Um, These are free to attend, so you can attend these workshops where we discuss uh, the same Mm -hmm. topics in terms of entrepreneurship and how to use tech to become a more efficient organization, to scale faster, to start up businesses that you have in your mind. Uh, then additionally you can always Google me I love saying that word uh you know and sort of find uh different places where you can interact with me uh whether it's through LinkedIn or uh I don't do Instagram much Facebook or some of the other channels uh or you can email me a beer Tech rebel I'm always responsive uh, or at least I try to be um you know uh, I I am an introvert so it's it's kind of hard for me to come out of my shell but I love, ideas and i love when people you know ask the right questions and they have the right mindset honestly like you know i i go around to these events and networking sessions and i'm like in my head i'm like how do how can i work with this guy because this guy has that thing you know that spark and we love and then i start pitching to our partners and directors okay you know we have this thing and i know that i shouldn't be spending more money but you know it's really good and it's going to be amazing once it launches so it's uh, yeah, so it's I think it's like uh uh as an entrepreneur like you know you you cannot just close yourself off to environment around you and and you know what could be possible if you just open up your mind. Yes, it's good to focus, it's good to stay alert, uh, and and have those you know uh sort of you know things inside like I don't know what you call them with the horses, but I think at the end of the day um. You can do so much more, like even if, you know, you, you spend 15 minutes or half an hour with somebody to help them see how to do things better. That's an impact that will help them. And, you know, maybe they'll build something out of it. So I'm always open um, to share ideas and, and discuss and honestly, just uh, uh, live off of your enthusiasm. So I love speaking to entrepreneurs. I love meeting people who are interesting. So anytime.
0: I wanted to thank you. Yes, you might be an introvert, but I didn't feel it. But the second thing is that you're an introvert with a big heart and with a sense of purpose that is quite inspiring. Abir, thank you. I wish there was more people like you, founders who have the same attitude and mentality to drive their businesses. Thank you very much, Abir, for this wonderful episode.
1: Thank you, Ivan, for the time. And honestly, there's two of us here, so we can start with that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs>